0: Folks, one of the redneck country podcast you are on with real redneck Todd Millard and of course we've got the almost guy bill tom real redneck bill are you there I am here and as always it's
1: a beautiful night for a podcast
0: is it a beautiful night for a podcast I haven't even been outside yet I'm gonna take your word for that
1: I'm outside pretty close to it anyways I'm out of the wind but I'm, I'm out here
0: <laughs> I'm outside yeah, <laughs> It's just pretty close the doghouse that's where I live yeah.
1: That's that's how I roll and you know what <laughs> I'm okay with that.
0: <laughs> oh, and of course, sitting beside me, my father, the patriarch of redneck country, real redneck, Domelard. Dad, is your mic hot? Yes, it is. Oh, it is tonight. Ooh, so, you can hear I'm good. Right, right. So, I'm excited for tonight because we are going back. To our grassroots, to how we started this podcast. We we might have lost a little bit of focus somewhere along the lines, but not really. We brought some guests on, and it was a good time. But now we're going back because we started this podcast, Bill, and correct me where I'm wrong. It's kind of turned into therapy. But we started this with how did we learn to hunt by the old boys sharing stories at Hunt Camp and us picking up on just listening and going, oh, so when you're in the tree stand or you're in the duck blind, you're like, oh. Sure. I remember him saying this, I got to watch and, and and keep an eye for this or do that. And so we we kind of, we're like, you know what, let's go back to that. And, I, and I'm pumped because it's going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's gonna be good. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. I'll save it. But we're back to our roots of sitting around the campfire, right. unedited, sharing stories and just letting it fly. So before we get into that, though, we always got to start with Bill, what did you do this week?
1: I had a great week, actually. I, on, the, on the podcast last week, we talked about uh, getting a trail pass for the snowmobile, um, local snowmobile club here. Yes, you did. And yeah, I, I, I broke down and I got one. And then my you machine broke, broke you down broke, on the I Sunday. Was gonna,
0: <laughs> was like, yeah. You broke down and bought a pass or you broke down your machine? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, it was great. I had a great day on uh, on Saturday. Uh, I bought the pass on Friday, full intent, got all my licenses and uh, insurances all up to date and Bought the trail pass. Unfortunately, our local ski club here, um, it, you know, they they just announced a little while ago that they're shutting down for for all seasons passes for uh, for the winter. So we uh, are uh, seasons members at uh, uh, Snow Valley, which is a local family owned uh, company ski hill. It's great. It meets our needs. We're not super slalom down downhill skiers. I actually snowboard. So are
0: you a little old for snowboarding?
1: Yeah, I I go back to my roots. I mean, the gray and the beard is is kind of, you know, holding me back a bit. See,
0: I had this conversation earlier today with somebody that said, Todd, have you always had those earrings? And I'm like, I have. And now I I, I am cognizant because I, I used to look at dudes that I considered older and be like, man, that dude is way too old for earrings. And so I said to the person, I really don't know if I should be taking them out yet because I used to chirp the people in my head. I wouldn't say it to them because, oh, I mean, I can't run fast, but yeah. I, I wouldn't say it no, directly. To them. But I'm thinking, shoes. why are you wearing What do you got to prove at your age that you're wearing earrings? And now here I've still got mine in. So now I consider you snowboarding. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I got
1: nothing to prove. <laughs> I, I, I am a, a low and slow type guy. I, I don't need to go for, for need for speed. I go out there to get up and down the hill. I enjoy it. It's a good workout. My son does all the park stuff and jumping and... Does he do that, Jazz? and stuff, yeah. I can hang with your son. Yeah, well, you could try, but you're old too, so... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, we enjoy it. The Snow Valley is is not uh, like a, a basic uh, hill or nothing, but I, I love it. And How long have you snowboarded for? Uh, three years, three years now. I used to ski long, long time ago when I was in high school and stuff so, and a lot better shape. I'm
0: intrigued because I didn't know this. So, so tell, yep. which is really rare, but so tell me something. How did you start? How did you, did you go down the Kitty Hill? Did you, cause I got a story I can relate on snowboarding, oh. but how did you get rolling and did it well,
1: hurt Oh yeah. It hurt a lot. I, I didn't know what I didn't know. So <laughs> no, I,
0: I went Coming hurt. from a bull rider, that hurt a lot. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <don't>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I knew what I was getting into with bull riding. This one was self-induced. Uh, you know, you go up to the, the kitty Hill and you try to stop. And hold you can't, balance and you can't do it. You don't got enough no. speed. No, I, that's it. It, it. it wasn't until I got on a bigger Hills. I got a little bit of momentum and speed and then started to link turns together and stuff that I, and, and to be honest with you, I, I got a guy I work with, uh, uh, that uh, sold me his board and setup, and and that made all the difference in the world. Getting a, a setup that was consistent because I was renting equipment up till then. See, and th- really that, that fit, and yeah. that mattered. I'm good. Our hill, i good. I've, I've been on a few bigger hills now too, and uh, I've, like three, First year was tough, but the second and, and third year, actually, this is four year number four. But um, the first first year was rough. The second year I got better. Third year I, I can go on anything now and and feel comfortable and confident about doing it. So. I love it. I, you know, I, like I said, I don't need to go fast, but I just need to keep going. And I put my music on and uh, it's, it's something you can do by yourself. You get on the chairlift with my son uh, to go up and he goes left. I go right. And you just kind of have a good evening. And the, the hill is only 17 minutes from home. So it it's easy to get there and, yeah. So, right. anyways, that was that was that. And That's uh, awesome.
0: I'm more of a toboggan guy now, but yeah. carry on.
1: <laughs> but then the other <laughs> thing I did too, which I'm going to talk about, then we'll get into the other week was I made the best chicken I've ever had in my entire life.
0: The I best, don't know if I sent you pictures. The best of that. chicken. Oh, you you did. Incredible. It was in an egg barbecue grilly thing, which no, I'm assuming egg was barbecue it, was That's it a Weber. The, the Weber. Egg. Yeah. So I knew it was Come a on, Weber. Don't swear at me. <laughs> <laughs> was <laughs> egg a brand name? <laughs> yeah it, it is it well it looked weber, like an egg
1: <laughs> no it's it's, it's my uh, my weber barbecue and uh i got for christmas uh um an insert for the barbecue that i can cook chicken on and it was phenomenal insert was rotisserie
0: pe- or i don't think so it was nope. sitting i'm trying to remember because it was you, basically i know you, you did you send me a picture didn't. and i i blank it out
1: yeah, I know. It, it's one of those things. It's me. You blank it out. But the, uh, the insert on that is like, it's got a beer can style. So, um, so you, you put yeah, I gotcha. your beer can in the middle, but I don't drink, you know, I'm not drinking right now with, uh, losing a little bit of weight. And I had Pepsi in the house from before I had one can left. And I put that Pepsi can on the inside instead of a beer can. And I tell you with the, uh, the rub, uh, a little bit of brown sugar, paprika, Onion powder and uh, uh, the olive oil. It was the best, juiciest chicken I've ever had, bar none. And I I'm had, game. I'm,
0: oh, doing it, it. It, I'm doing it. I'm doing it this weekend. Send me. Send wood, me the recipe. Wood
1: chips. Wood chips uh, for the smoke let's oh, uh, See, I well, gotta get, get my need,
0: smoker out.
1: Oh, it, it, oh, you don't have to if you got a Weber. So, <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> but the family loved it, and and the only problem was the chicken was big enough because I I could have had more. There was no leftovers and and I highly, highly recommend. Uh if you get an opportunity to do a, a chicken on a charcoal barbecue,
0: oh, it's phenomenal. Chicken so. on a charcoal bar Dad, you got a charcoal barbecue at home?
2: I do. Mm. Mm. Yep, that's the only way we use the barbecue. I'll tell never, you what. I'll supply the
0: I'll supply the can of Pepsi and the chicken.
2: In fact, we used to use the hibachi so you could move the the grates up and down as the coals got hotter <laughs> yeah. or cooler. And that's the Hibachi. way we barbecued our chicken. That's and just a fun word delicious. to say.
0: Hibachi.
1: We are going back to our roots tonight. Hibachi. Right. <laughs> right. Can you smell the nostalgia <laughs> in the air? <sighs> yeah. That was the only way
2: yeah. we barbecued. Like and we salsa. did chicken, everything. Oh, yeah. Salsa. It was delicious. Hibachi. Wow. Well,
1: there you go. So that's yeah. me.
0: So that's what you did uh, this
1: week. Yeah. What did, you, what did you get up to tonight? Oh, or dude.
0: Nothing. Day? Nothing at all, other than. Working out new diet and work work has been insanity. We, we doing some projects and stuff like that. So I just haven't had any, any time at all. It's just been nonstop, but I'm still on my new diet plan of eating and eating, eating some more. And I'm starting to adopt to it a little bit better now. I think, I think I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm now become, are you you up or down? Yeah. I, well, I'm see, I'm not trying to lose or gain. Well, I'm trying yeah. to gain, right? I'm, it, it's bulk is what this is yeah. to put on muscle, but it's clean bulk. So that's the problem that I struggle with because I'm the dude that every night I got chocolate bars on my nightstand and chips beside my nightstand. And that's my bedtime snack. I'm watching TV. Yeah, you sound like my brother. And I, I tell you what, don't tell him that. He messaged me this week. <laughs> and I can attest to that because <laughs> yeah. the
2: rappers are knee deep.
0: <laughs> so the hardest struggle is because I I guess I do have a fast metabolism. I just I've never been overweight. It's just and and I work out a lot like like Monday through Friday. But now I'm working out 6 days instead of 5 days and I'm supersetting and all that. Anybody works out knows what I'm talking about. Anybody that doesn't doesn't care and I get that. So but it's the cut note of the junk food that yep. and now I'm eating uh, it's stuff that so but I'm becoming a connoisseur in the kitchen. So last night, this is the, the craziest freaking thing. I was a little bit irritated, and it all works out. It all works out, folks. It's the journey, it's not the end. <laughs> it's not the it's not the destination, it's the journey to get there. So I it
2: had to work out. He ran out of dishes. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm not surprised. I know. got done work. The wife in the morning had put out they were gonna have spaghetti. I can't have spaghetti. I have a carb load day. It is not yesterday, so I can't put out. Sp- I'm not having spaghetti. I have to Wait, have. You can't have like whole wheat gluten free pasta once a week. I got. I got personal trainer. He tells me when to eat, what to right. eat, how to eat five times a I won't day. Different than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm eating every three hours, and it's mostly like wholesome, like chicken, and and then like greens. Like I'm eating spinach looking leaves. I have or a hard like. time believing he listens to anybody. So well, when I pay <laughs> you to, to talk to me, I guess that's what I'm doing. So anyway, so Jen puts out ground beef for them to thaw for their spaghetti. And I've got ground turkey that I like who grounds turkey. But anyway, I got ground turkey. So I've got to cook. Now the ground turkey, I can't, it's not spaghetti. It's not going on noodles. I'm literally making a patty, frying it in a pan and then eating it with, like, minimal spices. And so, like, yeehaw. But, I mean, it's a lot of food. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot of a ground turkey that I got to eat. And I just look at this food because I just ate three hours ago. And I'm, like, trying to shove it in my gullet. So, I get done work. I fire downstairs to work out. The The food's up there. It's, it's defrosting on the counter since this morning. And so, my daughter that has her, her friend over. And so they're sitting there watching TV and that. And then she decides, Oh, you know what? I should, or her mother texts her that, Hey, can you start the meat? So she decides that she's got to get the meat going. I come upstairs from working out and now I've got to start my supper alongside them cooking their supper, which is really weird. Cause I've never, ever, ever, as much as I sound like a Neanderthal, I, I've never really cooked. And Jen, Jen's a good cook. She's always just cooked. So I, I'm the provider. She she cooks it. So anyway, now I've got to provi- prepare it. For the last week and a half, I've been preparing beside her in the kitchen. So I got to go. Well, I come up and she's like, um, Megan cooked your turkey with our hamburger. And so I've kind of sorted it out. And I think that because it, it's a lighter color. So now here I am. I didn't get time to put spices in it. Anything flavorful. It is raw. or it, Well, not raw, but it is just cooked turkey. Like, like, like hamburger, but Turkey. And I'm like, yep. how am I going to, I can't eat this when it's got spices and stuff. That's going to make it taste somewhat good on a good day. How am I going to eat this bland? So my trainer had sent me a huge recipe book that I could substitute his menu for anything in this thing. So I get page 12's Turkey, ground Turkey. I get to ground Turkey and it's just taco. now here's where I'm out of my element and I'm not a fan avocado. I got to mix that up with three tablespoons of yogurt. And then I'm squeezing a lime and getting the lime juice in there and making this paste-looking stuff. And all three of these things are not my wheelhouse. I'm going, what the flip am I doing? I take the ground turkey, throw it back in the pan, put a little bit of water in there to get some juiciness in it, throw some peppers in there, throw some onions in there, saute them, get them simmering. And then I put it in a wrap, whole wheat wrap. And then I, but I, I plaster this stuff on the whole wheat wrap. And let me tell you, I think Megan did me a huge favor because that was one of the best freaking things I tasted. See, it's a, called a happy accident. All oh, worked doing well. For it that. was, and I'm like, I can eat the I ate three of those freaking wraps. This is like the first time that I've been able to eat because I've been so full, but it tasted so good. So that's I went awesome. from being very irritated with Megan to like, ah, it all works out. It's oh, all about the journey. It's, it's the journey, not the destination. So, so yeah, so that's me. We're going out. Trying to eat whatever the heck my personal trainer's throwing at me and and then working. But I'm almost afraid to ask this now because he kept saying, are we doing the intro like we normally do? Even though we're going back to our roots? And I'm like, yep. So Yeah, for sure. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm nervous. So, Dad, what did you do this week? Glenda and I got laid off. (laughs) <laughs> yes they
2: did actually monday we're out of a job but <laughs> hey. the homeschooling is over
1: they're back to these are the, the the happy accidents <laughs> i think will work out better for you in the long run better well, for me
2: better for me bill That's better the, for me <laughs> before we got laid off though they're like towards the end of last week we're before we get laid off we still thursday the news came down megan comes screaming downstairs did i just hear what i just heard we're going to school Monday. She's whooping it up. Avery's not so happy. And right then, Jen texts us and says, oh, my gosh. The lockdown is over. Glenda (laughs) went, what is going on? These kids are yelling. I got this text from Jen. And, of course, Jen said it was just announced they're going back to school Monday. So my wife's uh, jaw dropped. And so, anyway, we got laid off. But before that now, because uh, my wife is right into home and school with Avery, like like.
0: Oh, she's right. a pretty good teacher. I'll tell you what. Our dining room never looked like so much like a classroom in its yeah. life. And it, like words. Taped and when it to, comes to, to
2: reading, now she gets drapes, and yeah, it's pretty good. In the afternoon, Glenda goes over her words, does all that stuff. But in the afternoon, she gets on with a teacher, and they read a book, and then the teacher asks questions about the book. So we're sitting there listening to uh, Avery read Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Well, then after the story's over, she says, well, by the way, Avery, have you ever eaten porridge? No, I don't think I like porridge. Well, have you ever tried it? Nope. It doesn't look good to me. And so I thought tomorrow I'm going to come over. When we come over, I'm going to get a bowl of porridge for Avery for breakfast. So the next morning I prepare this maple brown sugar bowl of cereal for uh, Avery. And so I said, okay, Avery, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to try this. She says, it's hot. I said, yes, it's best hot. Just blow it. When it's cool enough, you try a taste. What is it? I said, it's porridge. Oh, I don't like porridge. You've never tried it. <laughs> yeah. Just do me a favor. <laughs> <It's> typical. <laughs> My wife is saying, just try it for me. Just try it for me. It's our favorite cereal. So she tries a bit. And then she tries a bit more. Pretty soon, she's eating it. So she gets on her iPad. No, what is it? Her She's FaceTiming her mother. Her iPad. And, yep. And I so Jen says, yeah, what do you need? She says, Guess what I'm eating, Mum? I have no idea. She's, Grandma and Grandpa got me eating porridge. See, <laughs> going back to old school. Jen, That's it. Jen Stick says, to your Dude. ribs, breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Jen, That's Jen says, do You step like away. it. Yeah. She says, Yeah, I like it. And so I guess she's had it after that too at home without us being here now. I guess she's had some this week. So that was one good accomplishment.
1: Okay, like, that's one like step porridge. away from frozen yep. pancake on your back yep. going to school uphill both ways. So. Yep.
2: Yeah. <laughs> now I, I told <laughs> you're right because I used to have it every morning. I remember my mother saying, "What do you want? Porridge again? Yeah, I love porridge." Yeah. But anyway, nice. uh, I did cook at, I told you about that goose, or uh, pardon me, venison stew, and yep. uh, Megan ate my venison stew and loved it. So. And I told I told you off off the record, I think, that I was going to make some goose stew this week. So I made a great Monday morning. I'm off. I'm laid off.
0: Laid S- off and of teaching. Sunday, and I'm yeah. now home alone, just working that, me that's in crazy. the computer.
2: So I thawed out a bag of goose breasts, and I injected them with liquid smoke and red wine. And I put them in a bag with a little more red wine and Montreal Spakes spice And I left them in the fridge for 24 hours, and I turned them. And then I put them in the instapot the next morning for 45 minutes and with with uh, beef broth in the instapot and a little bit of wine in the instapot. And so they came out of there. So I I sliced them up into thin strips and I used a pair of uh, cooking scissors and I snipped them into, into cubes. And I got a nice big bowl of, of cooked goose. So then I started making the stew and I've got, I got the carrots and the potatoes and the celery and the thyme and the uh,
0: uh, parsley, and I got a quarter cup of or yeah. Thyme or yeah. thyme? Tell us, Tom, what would that be, Mr. Bill, Tom? Well,
1: it's spelt with a Y, so I'm not sure. You didn't even know it was spelled with a Y.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do. It's <laughs> I spell it either way. Time. T H Y M E. Time. The prices yeah. are flying. I say and time. The
2: simmering's going. Mm-hmm. I pour in a can of peas, and I got her all simmered up, and all oh, was it good? So I see. put her in containers, and I've got some nice containers in the freezer. And I brought a couple. You put one over. in
1: Todd's freezer.
2: I did. I well, I brought them over. Alone. I brought I brought a couple containers over, and Which I told I've got them,
0: a, I've got to check it and a see. A I got to see if it matches my menu. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah I'm anyway, sure it will. Don't worry. so I don't think they've tried it yet. I asked Todd, "Did you try it?" And he says, "Well, Megan said you made it for her, so he said I hadn't tried." Oh, it. So there you go. Said, but uh, but I'll tell uh, you, Sunday night, uh, I get a text from Jen, my daughter-in-law. And uh, it says, Avery wanted me to remind you that you walk every day at 4 o'clock. So she wants to make sure that you're not late coming over for the walk tomorrow. And I looked at my wife and she looked at me and I said, Avery expects us to go over at 3.30 or at least me and walk every day when she gets off the bus at quarter to 4. And I said, when did Avery become the boss? And my wife said, Avery became the boss a long time ago. <laughs> long, long time ago. So, yeah. so, now every day at uh, twenty after, you speed, started a new tradition. I put on that's my, good. I put on my warm clothes and I walk over. She gets off the bus. She doesn't even come in the house. She just drops her bag and away we go. We do our walk and then I walk home. So that's oh, the scoop. So that's, that's what great. that's what my week's like.
1: That's good. Now we. Uh... I'm gonna switch gears I guess Yeah
0: that's what I'm excited for Because so this it, is how Todd, I, I've learned to hunt Well I don't
1: know I don't know if you did based on uh,
0: Well I mean don't know. get me wrong I've taken it to the next level
1: oh, but, but this
0: was the base layer
1: Well here, let me set the stage a little bit Todd uh, we were on a call last week And at the end of it before we wrapped up He had to, had a, another commitment That he had to, uh, to take So Don and I talking and I tell you it was podcast gold. And I'm not sure if it was because Todd wasn't on <laughs> Don, or I let or, you guys talk. Is that what you're saying, Bill? I'm just, just saying we were able to, to have a few stories there, but the stories that you told, uh, Don, were remind reminded me that, that we are so different now. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't even know if it's in a good way. I think we've overcomplicated things and it, it I want to go back. That's what
0: I've been saying. Like deer hunting, we take it too serious. That's why I like turkey hunting.
1: I don't know if from a seriousness or a complicated standpoint, because I want you to maybe tell the story about how you guys used to goose hunt. And what intrigued me was what you used or what you don't use today or then that we use now. And you were still successful.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. On our yeah. goose like our, our, our first time goose hunting, like when I started goose hunting or when dad started Not goose you. hunting. You're dead. Way back in my, the day. You're my going, you're going way back. Well, and that was the intent. I got to, I get to sit <laughs> here now because that's why I gave dad my good mic. And <laughs> and, and and cranked up, gave him the, the cool mechanical arm and, and everything, the 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 professional studio setup. So I'm just gonna sit back and heckle. That's
2: fine.
0: <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> right, do what I do best.
2: But I'm closer to the plugs. I can unplug them.
0: Good deal. He doesn't so. even know which one. It's a spaghetti. <laughs> I mess know there. which
2: one's mine. So as long as I don't know. I'm watching mine that on. he
0: doesn't <laughs> kick something down here with his feet. <laughs> yeah. So you,
1: I want to uh, tell that story well, again.
2: Well, yeah. All right. Well, when we started hunting, like my buddy and I, Ron, and we hunted five days a week, but we predominantly hunted ducks. You know, you'd see geese, but we had no way. Out. We didn't have goose decoys, and they weren't as thick and as heavy as they are around here now, but we predominantly hunted ducks, but even ducks, uh, we very seldom set up in a pond and decored them. We did once in a while if we found them living in a pond or we found them landing in a pond, but normally we'd follow them. Like they'd be living in different reservoirs and things, but clouds of duck. And so we'd get up before daylight and we'd sit where we figured they were going to fly north, west, whatever, and and then try to follow them. It'd be one guy driving like mad the other guy hanging out the window. And when they come to a field, the first flock that started circling that field, we parked and decided, okay, which end of that field are they going to land in? Because we weren't in there ahead of them. We never even had any thoughts of getting in there ahead of them because we knew the next day they wouldn't be there because we we're going to shoot them up. So we typically more and more would come all the time until the field will be full of ducks. Now, Todd did experience a little bit of this later on. I did. I did. But yeah. but this was long ago before he was even thought of. They would The ducks typically would cover that field, and the ducks at the front would be feeding across that field. The ducks at the back would be realizing that the food's getting eaten up, so they'd fly to the front. Well, then all of a sudden, the ones that found themselves at the back, they fly to the
0: front. Like a leapfrog.
2: Yeah, and they yeah. just keep leapfrogging And they themselves. look
0: like they're rolling like a wave across that field. Yeah,
2: Todd has experienced that. It's something. We did that a couple of times
0: with them. Like thousands. It's insane. No kidding, eh? Yeah. but That's incredible.
2: So anyway, we'd figure out which way they were coming. When they got to the end of that field, they got the fence, the road, whatever, They they'd get up and fly around to the other end of the field and do it again. So when they did that, we would crawl or run as we could. And when they were in the air, we'd run into that field. And when they made the circle to come back in, we'd get down and we'd now, start crawling. Now
0: that over. with back in the day, you could do this a lot easier because it wasn't like permission crazy. Yeah, yeah if that's it the wasn't other thing that we signed, about too, right? yeah, like if it wasn't yeah. signed, you could go. Like yeah. and farmers just let you go, right? Like it was oh, yeah. it had no issues at it all It was a with gentleman's.
2: We were, we were driving by this cornfield once, and the farmer had it half-picked. And there was, there was two or three tractors pulling combines. So what They didn't drive them. They pulled them. And they were going through the corn, and the ducks were landing where they'd already picked it. Well, we never even thought twice. We just went through the fence and snuck along the standing corn, waved at the guy with the tractor. We're carrying our shotguns. We're in commo. And we got into some uncut corn and where the ducks were gonna feed by and we shot ducks. And huh. they never stopped they never stopped no. working. They just waved at us. We picked up our ducks and left. It was awesome.
1: Is it because you, you knew a lot of
0: people or not just the we, way it we
2: We knew nobody. Like we covered a lot of territory. I'll bet we covered probably forty square miles. Where we were driving every day, all the time, and, and yeah,
0: it was before overpopulation. A bunch of jerks, yeah. right? I, yeah. I, I use the same. There were no suburbs. Well, and I use this the this the same analogy all the time that I say: if you got a hundred people and ten percent of those people are jerks, you got ten people. Now, yeah. if you got a hundred thousand people and ten percent of those people are jerks, you got a lot more people. And yeah. so now the farmers have had to deal with that ten percent a lot more now just because of overpopulation. It's not like there's any more jerks It's it, based on percentage per capita, but there is more jerks because the population's growing and you 10% yeah, of jerks. It, it, the farmers
1: right. don't want to have to deal with
0: it. And, and, you and, know, know, and the, then you got legalities and people get sure. sued crazy and lawyers yeah. capitalize. And if any lawyer yeah. listens, I apologize. Not all, but you know, over the past in the U S and everything else, you know, it's just, it, you never know. Right, and but now you, know, you, you sprain spraying an ankle, you're suing the world all of a sudden, yeah. right? And it's like, you, you know were what? trespassing. Yeah, I'm still suing you.
2: But five it's days a tough. week we did this, and we'd be in a different field every day, a different part of the country every day, depending on where the ducks took us. And so we would crawl into the field yeah. and just lay with our guns on our shoulders, but out in front of us, we'd be laying, and then we'd watch for them to come, like in corn stubble, and more than once— No no burlap or nothing on no, it, just, just laying there. Just laying there, waiting, and then— as they got closer, then you could start to see the ducks coming up a little bit. So you knew, okay, those ducks just flew up a little bit, and they're in front of that flock. And then as they got closer and closer, it looked like the ducks were higher, but it was because they were closer now. And all of a sudden, 10 feet in front of you, here's green heads. And the chuckle, that feeding chuckle, oh, my gosh. Like that, yeah, that feeding chuckle was just prevalent, just noise in your ears, and they were like 10 feet in front of you, chuckling and green heads. And the green heads going back and forth, like right there. You couldn't see the body because they're in the stubble, but green heads. So we knew, sit up. So one of us just say, sit up. And as you stood, uh, sat up on your knees or whatever, oh, my gosh, the ducks at the front, their heads went up, their eyes got big. And the, the whole flock in the air. And then we just started shooting ducks. With
0: lead. Yeah. With lead? Yeah. Kind of <laughs> and lead. so two things with lead and when he could actually sit up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I could get up on my knees from, a, from a prone position.
2: In a timely manner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: When the ducks were still within a thousand yards.
2: And that's the way we hunted ducks. And we'd come home lots of times with our limited ducks. And you know, maybe we'd only come home with six or seven because uh, that particular day that they left or we'd never found another field, but but that's what we did. I remember we're out driving around and it's getting mid morning. And we finally saw a pretty good flock of ducks circling this field. And they were going down into this field. And we watched them for a minute. And what they were doing were leaving that field, flying to the west of it, making a big circle over this uh, grassy field and circling this big, great big maple tree and coming in beside the maple tree and back into the field again. So Ron says, we got to get through, we got to get to the other side of that field, crawl through it and get to that maple tree on the fence row because they're circling that maple tree and coming in to start their feed every time. Then they fed across and came back again. So that's what we did. We raced, they made the circle, went in, okay, we we got across that field. Now we got to get under this uh, under this little wire fence, which was actually one of those electric fences that keep cattle and stuff in and ron says okay climb under this and don't touch that fence so we're going through all of a sudden my gun barrel touched that fence oh my lord Zzz, like it unbelievable it's starting all to make yeah. sense he, now he heard yeah the, he heard the hum he said you touched the fence <laughs> well, my gun did <laughs> so anyway we got through it oh, rattled your teeth yeah. I oh you. did it ever so we get through we 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 get up to the tree. Now we're sitting in the fence row. The ducks have gone f- the far side of the field. They've lifted. They come flying west. They're at, they're probably about a hundred yards to the right of us as they come across the field towards us. Because we're facing we're facing the way they're flying now. They go out. They leave over that field, they go out over that field we just called through, make the turn. And as they make the turn, set their wings, they're starting to come down and they're just gonna clear the fence row that we're sitting in to land back in that field. And Ron yelled, take them! And I stood up and here's this beautiful, great big green head mallard making that turn with his wings set and he's about 20 yards out, up in the air and he's about 30 yards out. And I swing on him and I pull the trigger and right in behind him, 10 yards behind him, is this hen swinging and coming down in behind him. And they both fell. I got them One both. Two. Yeah, I got them One both. One shot,
1: them. got them both.
2: One shot, got them both. And and I had this time, by this time, I had a Model 12, or, sorry, yeah, I had my Model 12, Winchester Model 12 pump. And I loved that gun. And, still got it? Yeah, I yeah, still got it. It's, it's I love it. And so then I swung on another nice big green head and dropped it. And then by this time, they flared and they're right over my head. And I swung on another one and dropped it. Well, Ron, he had a, an over and under. He had a really expensive over and under. And so I looked over at him. I said, did you get any? He says, I got a great big mallard. He says, but I had to hit it twice. How did you do? I said, I got four. He said, you got four. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, I got four. But, I, but this grassy field, it was almost to your waist. I said, but I, I got them marked. If I move, I'm going to lose the mark, like with with things in the background, trees, posts. And I said, you're going to have to walk out here, and I'm going to have to show you the general area, or we're not going to find them in this high stuff. So he started out, and I said, okay, should be one right out here in front of me, about 10 yards. Yep, pick that one up. Now, I said, just a little bit to the left. Yep, now just keep walking straight. Right about there, you should be fine. So he milled around there for for about 30 seconds or so. Yep. Yep. I got it. Okay. Now just move back a more to the right and go straight back. And you should find a Drake and a hen 10 yards apart. That took them a little longer, but I put them in the area and, and he found them. So we came <laughs> home with, with five a, ducks. I'm picturing
0: dad guiding a dog, but really it's his buddy, <laughs> yeah, because I? I could totally relate because then when I started hunting, now I know where it came from. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah. you were able to experience mm-hmm.
1: some of that, uh, uh, leapfrog type. Uh, I'll tell you what we
0: we used to hunt a different area than we do now, and we talk about going back there. But we used to get up and we used to drive. I, I, I'm it's I don't want to. Well, I don't want to give away too much info. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, we so because we still talk about going back. And so we had a a couple farmers and they had, we, we used to take, I think I shared on a podcast. Now this is
2: in days of permission now. Yeah. Fences, signs, you had to make sure you had permission.
0: 20 years ago now. Right. So we're back in. we're using steel and everything else. Like it it is when I started hunting. So yeah, we get, uh, we had, a, we had a, a couple families that one of the kids of the families, he wanted to get into hunting, but none of the family hunted, but they owned a bunch of farms. So I think I've shared before that we made, we said he can come with us anytime. Well, then he started finding gotcha. fields all over the place. You know, my uncle's field and my, there's geese going in it. Come on up guys. And, and so it was, we'd go pick them up, set up, smash some geese. It was awesome. We had a, a really good standing. And uh, I shared this last year, I think on one of our podcasts, as Scotty noted that last year, he heard, I think he heard the podcast or something. And he reached out to me, and and said, "Hey, I, I, this is me. I'm him, and I still hunt," which was kind of cool. So he's he's now brings it all Yeah, he's now hunting. He's got his license. He's a goose hunter, and and has invited us up again. So which is which is wicked. And so, but we were up in that area. There was there's a bunch of conservation areas around. We're holding a lot of ducks. Don't get a lot of that around where we are here. And so we were out. We we were goose hunting, and and it set up. And smashed a bunch of geese and we seen all these ducks going and, and it fill in a field one over, went and got permission in that field. And then I had no idea. I'd not hunted ducks. We, we were getting ducks quite a bit when we were goose hunting, but it would be because we set up our decoys, our our goose decoys in the morning, in the dark. And before the geese come in, the ducks would come in. And typically if there's a lot of ducks in the area, they're going to feed in the same field as the geese. So you get ready for the ducks first thing. After you hammer the ducks, in come the geese. And there's never as many ducks now as there are geese because it's just the goose population's insanity, yeah, it's a, right? It's re- it's yeah, it's reversed from when, when dad hunted started hunting way, way back in those days. So this for me, seeing this tornado of ducks going was absolutely phenomenal. We are going to get permission in that field. So we did. We went and got permission in that field, and I have no idea what we're doing. Dad, did we even set decoys up? I don't think no, we did. No, we, we didn't. Just, we just, we just went in them. and laid down no. when we got permission, and we were in there ahead of them, and then here comes the tornado, and sure enough, we're laying there, and they're feeding over each other, just leapfrogging right to you, and once they get to you, you just jumped up and started dropping them. Like, it was absolutely phenomenal.
2: And I remember that hunt, because that you was You
0: dropped uh, a 70-yard duck with, because I looked at you, and I'm going, I, we, we're, we're dropping them. Boom, boom, boom. I'm out of shells. Shot three. Ducks are falling from the sky. And then it's like, dad's still lining up on one. Like he's got a shot left. And I'm like, too far. Like, what are you doing? It was a
2: pintail. It It was the first pintail I'd ever shot.
0: It literally took me the time to say, what are you doing for that duck to drop? And I paced (laughs) it off over 70 yards. How did you hit that? And he flipped me the haul and he had gone, didn't tell me. And he had bought heavy shot. And had uh, that heavy shot shell in there. And he, that sucker, I, paced it, a I think,
1: in the hole well,
0: I think I, I, I swear it was, I, I, my memory, but I think it was what, 74 paces for me to pick that duck up. And it was deader than a doornail when he hit it in the air. And I'm like, holy joke. That was stupid nuts. But yeah, it That's, is absolutely phenomenal. when those it, ducks you know, are like
1: that. What I'm picturing too, unfortunately with those hunts is you're one and done though.
0: You are you, yep, you for the most get, part. You wouldn't yep.
1: get very many uh, opportunities because where they would circle back around and you get no, no, because no, you're waiting a- for them to feed
0: to you, right? You're not where they're they're just going to drop in. I mean, if if they were coming in like geese, where they're coming in in families of five and ten, but these guys, they're coming in and that like they're a thousand line. It's a line. Coming out of the conservation areas and the ponds and that that they're in, they're coming out in one big giant line like a tornado. It looks like a tornado when they're coming into that field and dropping in. So it's literally you got one opportunity because that's every duck in the area in one shot. And they will circle before dropping in to feed. And that gives enough time for all the other ducks if there are little flocks. To join that big flock. And See, so you don't got to shout. You're you doing that blocks. every
2: morning. We're doing that five days a week. Ron and I are doing that every morning. And we shoot that big flock. That's it. It's over. Okay, so now what do we do? Well, we I had a county map of all the, and you can still get them, I think, uh, county maps, and, and they're awesome. <laughs> it's called Google. Well, maybe it is now. We used to go to the county and get them. And had every pond, dirt road, everything, every intersection. And we'd follow the stream. So, okay, we'd find where this stream... Cross this road, but not too far away. It crossed the other road 90 degrees to this one. So you knew that you weren't walking 10 miles to get to the other road. But if you yeah. followed that stream, when you got to the road, you just walked up to the corner and back to your car. So we'd, we'd look for those spots and just start following streams. And there was two or three in that area where ducks would go to rest in the afternoon. And in fact, sometimes they spend the night. And so after we shot that big bunch, we'd walk that stream. And we remember one day, I mean, it's cold. This is December, snow on the ground, easy to find the ducks when they're down. And so we're walking along this stream and then there's this nice wide spot and it's full of mallards and blacks. And Ron says to me, oh, look at the blacks in there. Okay, how close can we get? So we get in there and we jump this, this puddle on this stream and up the ducks go. And now this was... Earlier, before I had my Model 12, I used to shoot an old LC Smith double that was just deadly. That sucker.
0: I'm looking for one, by the way, if anybody listening to this has one. Uh, yeah, I, I sold it. I wished I'd
2: never had, but I traded it in to get the Winchester Model 12. That's why I
1: never sell a gun. Yeah, well, I would kick myself. Then, I guarantee I would. Don't yeah. say that,
0: Bill. I just sold one. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, back then it was the only way I was going to get the Model 12, and I used it yeah. for trap too. So, but anyway, that's what I had, and and uh, Ron had an over and under. So when they went up, and we fired at them, we get we got two or three with the with uh, one shot, or maybe four, like because they were bunched up. And then this great big black, and what you tried to do was shoot the ones that flared up on this side of the creek, because remember, it wasn't froze solid, but (laughs) it was cold. You know, it was cold. It was a
1: strategic shot. Yeah. Because you were swimming.
2: Well, this great big black (laughs) got up, and I couldn't resist, and I went, oh, look at that black, and I dropped that black on the other side of the creek, and Ron says, I ain't crossing that creek. I said, well, and, and, you know, back then, in fact, still now, I don't mind the cold. I still do a lot of walking in this cold weather, but I didn't mind it. I just I just waited that crick. It was over my knees, thigh deep. I waited that crick, and I got picked that duck up, and I waited back. And I can remember kneeling for the picture, and we took the picture right there. Ron took a picture of me. I took a picture of him in the snow on the side of the crick. And I couldn't stand up because my pants had froze solid and I had to break yeah. the ice to get them to move. And I still have that picture. And then I had to walk all the way out to the truck with those frozen pants, but it never bothered me. We just did it. We just did it. And now I'll tell so you. They were, that's
1: old school tough, Todd. Yeah, that you was wouldn't great be able to do
0: that now. <laughs> I, I got some stories, my man. When we go, I'm the dog. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, you know, that's also, awesome. uh, we, we had this one pond we kept for Saturday. It wasn't a pond, really. It was a flooded cornfield. And we saw the ducks going in it, and it was standing corn, and we thought, well, is it cut in the middle? Is, it, is there a field in there that's cut? So, of course, we, we travel in, and we find we bump right into this great big flooded area where some of the corn around the edges of this water hole has fallen over. Some of it's stunted, and in the middle, it's hardly grown at all, and it's just a big, big flooded pool in the middle of this corn. Well, this was, Gold before, mine right yeah, there. This was before either one of us had any kids. And uh, so we, within the next Saturday, we dragged a bunch of decoys and carried a pail each because we sit on the pail because it was wet and watery in there. So we carried a pail that also helped you carry the ducks out and a bag of decoys over our backs. And we crossed the fields and got into this flooded uh, cornfield and we sat up and, and if there was ducks and they were living in there. So we'd scare them out. And then as they come back, we'd shoot our limit and leave. So we just kept that pond for Saturday when there was more hunters around and not not like there is today, not the competition you have today but there was a few guys around but Saturday that was our that was our duck pond so the next uh, it, we hunted it for two or three Saturdays, we were doing pretty good and then we went out this one Saturday, nothing in it. Well do you think anything's going to come? Don't know but we had nothing else planned so we set the pails down, sat on the pails, we threw a few decoys out into the into the water and we sat there and we, it was daylight, it, it got to be 7:30, then it got to be eight, it got to be 20 after eight. So it doesn't look like there's anything kind of going to come. All of a sudden Ron looked up, he says, look at that and here comes the tornado. And it I'm telling you it was a cloud of ducks like a snake, narrow at one end and and a mile wide at the other end. Like it was just snaking through the through the air. This big cloud of ducks. I said, oh, I know where that's coming from. I knew the pond it was coming from, where they were living. I said, if they're coming here, they're coming late. So anyway, they came. Next thing you know, that thin part of that snake, that tornado, started to come down, and they started landing. And we never moved. We held our breath until that whole great cloud was in that water you couldn't oh i wouldn't have
1: been able to do it (laughs) you
2: you you couldn't wedge (laughs) another duck in there with a shoehorn i mean they were in there and the chuckling and the quacking was deafening and and of course our eyes are just as big around as, as plates and he looked at me i looked at him and we had four shots this is with the lc smith and his over and under he says and we had Ron's dog, Mitzi, and she's got a low whine. And she would she's good. She knew if we were hunting White ducks, Mariner. Yeah. A, no White Mariner. German yeah. White Mariner. And if we were hunting pheasants or anything, she would range in front of us. And she was deaf. So she'd go a little ways and look. Go a little ways and look. She always kept you in sight. So you didn't have to worry about her going too far ahead of you. But if we were hunting ducks and he motioned her behind, she just hung behind. Well, you could tell where the ducks were from where she was. She'd sit there and watch them ducks, and you could tell where they were. So we just kept our heads down, and uh, she was letting us know that they're coming in. You and then, watched
0: her head watching the ducks.
2: Yeah. Well, then, yeah. next thing you know, they're, they are they are during eyesight, and they're dropping in. So I said, ready? He's ready. So we just stood up off the pails, and you would not believe the sound of those wings going up in that cloud. We took four. We picked out ducks we knew enough to pick out ducks but you couldn't help but hit more and when the cloud cleared we had our limit with four shots and mitzi was gone she was out there ron and i went out and uh, we're picking up ducks and and we're we're looking for cripples making sure that we you know we don't want to lose any cripples or anything and he says where the heck is mitzi and we could hear her whining on the other side of the pond. So Ron the mm-hmm. hustled across, and there she was. She had two in her mouth and her paw, and on one whining for Ron to come get him so she could chase some more. But we ended up with our limit, with what four a smart shots. Dog. Yeah, well, and no training, no. She just did it. You know, it was that was awesome. Yeah,
1: that's rare. You you don't get Todd to do that.
2: But see, you don't <laughs> even yeah. yeah. training. But the, the money talks, Bill. The fact that <laughs> yeah. we we just went in every Saturday. You know, we just went there. We just shot that pond and the clouds of ducks that were around and todd got to experience that a little bit in 2002 that's when he started hunting
0: in 2002 and i remember first.
2: go ahead sorry
1: this is just incredible to me that there was there was nothing besides a shotgun and some shells and and right place at the right time like you you didn't have to have the you know and and, i don't knock anybody who's got it like the, the the big spread and and the calls and the say, layout. You' knocking us, Bill.
0: Like, what are you saying? He, we, we wasted our money? He, well, <laughs> based on what your dad's
1: showing here, you, yeah. you know, it and, was all his
0: money. I'm okay with it.
2: Keep and, going. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> I remember buying my I remember buying my first feeding chuckle call. I couldn't because I I picked it up and I I shook it and went, holy mackerel, that sounds just like the ducks we've been hearing. And I can it was remember a PS Ult. P.S. Old, right? P.S. Old, I have a well, the chuckle wasn't. I think it was. I don't know, it might have been, but my two two favorite duck calls were a P.S. Old Goose and a P.S. Old Duck. And I found two of them, a pair of them, brand new at a yard sale a few years ago. So I bought them both just for nostalgia, even though I still have my old ones. These are brand new, never been used. So I bought them anyway at this yard sale. But I can remember that chuckle. Uh, but that day in that pond, we never had to call. They just came right in. But lots of times if that chuckle. If you're
0: where they're going to be, you're yeah. good to go. But
2: that chuckle yes. sealed the deal on a lot of ducks when we first started using it. I couldn't believe how good that chuckle worked. And and they came in with no decoys. They just came right into the sound of the field. You
0: know what? We smash a lot of geese in fields. And, Bill, you've been with us. You've you've, you've experienced it. Yep, absolutely. But my favorite is ducks on a pond. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's nothing yeah, that I, you set up some de- uh, just a few decoys on the edge of a pond. You know they're going to the pond. You hide in the ragweed or whatever's there, and when they come, it is just. Fin- there's nothing. There's we, nothing better. You heard me.
2: You heard us talk. A of, pond. You heard us talk about Todd's first goose hunt, laying in that field. It was a fire. Right. That was a while ago. Deer.
0: Yeah, yeah. We had nothing. Well, we had absolutely nothing. We was, were just laying in a field.
2: That was September 2002. That same year, uh, uh, September 28th, 2002, was the opening of duck season.
0: That's the pond we hit right up the road from there, right? Just up the road from there. I
2: said to Todd, there's ducks going in there. So we're going to hit that pond. And Rick, we were all camp. We had a seasonal trailer at.
0: Careful. uh, You're going to give away our spots. We had a a seasonal trailer at.
2: At this campground. (laughs) Which I was going to say. And, and so packed up Friday night. I took a bunch of duck decoys and our guns and, and carted them up we got up at four o'clock on saturday morning at the park my son-in-law was with us and so we drove down in and this was his first duck hunt this is todd's first duck hunt and we we got in there in the dark and
0: the first thing we learned really quick was the light guy is the guy that puts the decoys out because the other two sink in the mud and get oh, stuck yeah. <laughs> This and pod, at 4 30 in the morning when your father's up to his waist stuck in mud and your six foot seven, two hundred and eighty-five pound brother-in-law is trying to horse him out. Not, you just yeah. ignore and keep now, putting out decoys.
2: I went in there. It's not that deep, but the bottom was about two feet of muck. And I remember thinking I wasn't going to get out of there. I did I did wait it a couple. It looked times.
0: like Hasselhoff there was saving. But I'd, a, I'd a
2: never I'd never do it now. But but anyway, we set up. And it got light, and the ducks started coming. And I can remember my my daughter, they had some place to be in early morning or, or early afternoon, whatever. They had some place to be. And she says, you have Rick home here or back to the trailer at ten 30. And I said, well, that might be a little early. And she says, 1030 or Rick's not going. I need him back here. We were committed. I don't know if it was a wedding, whatever it was. He has to be back here at ten thirty. So you promised me. And I said, well, this is, this looks like a really good hunt. So I'll make the promise. Yeah. He'll be home. Don't disappoint me, dad, get him back here at ten Cause Rick won't bother. And I need him back here at ten thirty. And so I, that's cur- a lot of pressure. Yeah. I can, cur- we, we were less than a half an hour from the trailer park. I know that. And so I remember at 10 o'clock, we were one duck short of a limit. And, uh, and so, we, okay, we got to pack up. It's 10 o'clock. I got to have you back there. I in like half this an hour. story.
0: Got a half an hour. I'm grinning. And <laughs> well, <laughs> Anyway. I know where this is going now. I'm well, grinning. Well,
2: no, I'm not. You're going to finish it. I'm just going to tell you a little bit. Anyway, we're packing up. So we put our guns down and this is, I mean, we are, get stuck in there trying to pick these decoys up. And Todd is the one that's the furthest out in the middle of the water without a gun picking up these decoys because he's the lightest. And uh, Rick is still taken down. We had this little makeshift kind of blind put up Just there stood edge. up in and front it, of it. And it's swampy where we're standing even. Like we're standing in water when we're shooting. And, and without saying a word, all of a sudden, Rick made a run for his gun and brought his gun up. And he fired and a goose fell. And that's when Todd and I looked up. There was five geese trying to come in over our heads from behind us. And Rick was the only one that saw him. And the only one close enough to grab a gun. And so he managed to scratch a goose down, goose down and I got it in my book, 14 ducks. I keep a log. That's why I know the date. 14 ducks on their first uh, duck hunt and one goose. Now, if Todd wants to add any to that story, but we- No, it's the one next d-
0: one. That one, the goose, the goose cannonballed me while I was out there. I remember look, squatting, looking up as Rick's pulling the trigger on this thing, and yeah, it was pretty phenomenal to watch yeah. that happen because these these geese were stupid. I'm standing in the middle of the frigging pond, but when we, <laughs> they were coming in, anyway, yeah, picking up decoys. <laughs> I'm like, what's going? on? I look, why is Rick grabbing his gun and and he's aiming over my head? I look up and there's oh, okay,
2: yeah. <laughs> so Rick got one. So we go back to the trailer park. We got 14 geese and we got one or 14 ducks, one short of our limit, which ticked me off. I figure another half hour, we probably would have got that duck. But yeah, uh, I didn't know
0: Care put a stipulation on us. Now I have a bone to pick with her.
2: <laughs> anyway, yeah. we get back. So we got to take pictures. Rick says, I'm not changing that we get pictures. So we're standing out on the road in front of the trailer. <laughs> and everybody
0: walking by is looking at us. Okay, Look. so this is not a typical trailer park. This is probably the most expensive trailer park. In, in Ontario, in Southwestern Ontario, if not Ontario, am I right, dad? Yeah. Like this is, this is high fluting trailer park. And so, yeah, it was, it was a sight a, for, for sure with all these people.
1: <laughs> They'd be really upset with all those feathers going across. Well, and, and,
0: and mom's having a canary because they're going to know you got guns in your trucks, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, we don't care. We got ducks. <laughs> well, yeah,
2: then that night. Todd says well let's go out and shoot some geese I said well we can we can go and stand in a field maybe get some fly buyers or whatever well he, down about five trailers this guy come down and he saw the ducks and he says you guys going out tonight and then Todd says well I want to go see if I get a goose or something anyway this guy says well if you get if you get any geese come get me I want to know how to clean them I want to watch you clean them I want to know how and I'm like, yeah yeah okay so anyway we do go out and we just we just go to a field down close to this pond because we saw some geese flying and I said it's just gonna be flyovers. Like I don't know. But where that's what we
0: did at that time. Yeah, like uh, this was our first time ever hunting really so for we're, mine.
2: Yeah, we're standing out in the middle of this we field. Had nothing. Well actually we're kind of laying down in this field and we could hear these geese coming and they're they're pretty high. And here's via a geese coming and they come directly over us. And Todd says, oh, dad, they're way too high. I said, "Yup, yeah, but I'm going to take that lead goose. And Bill, you know that shot I made when you were with me. Well, yes. that's what I did. I stood up. I led that goose. And when he was directly over me, I let him have it. And down he came. And so huh. well, we left. And so when we went back, I said, are we going to get this guy for one, ge- one goose? Todd says, I don't know. Well, it didn't matter. He saw us pull in. He come running down. He said, OK, I want to watch you clean it. So. Anyway, we showed them how to clean our one goose that night. But anyway, we just got it on. Yeah. That's,
1: that's, I love those stories. I really do. And this is where, like Todd said, uh, this is where we got started with this podcast is telling the story, sitting around, listening, listening to how, how things were done and, and how we do them now. And, and it, you said, you know, did we waste money? No. And yeah, no, I know you're joking. I know. you're joking great. Yeah. But well, I was just gonna say for the evolution of, of the the number of hunters that are out there, the number of setups that, that, that are out, you need you need to adapt or, or you get run over. Well, you, know? I,
0: you you say that too, but I would almost say at that time there was a lot of waterfowl hunters at that time too, right? I, in in my opinion, now they didn't yeah. maybe didn't have the spinning wings and all of the sure. the the coffin blinds and everything like that, right? But definitely a lot of waterfowl hunters in the area that had decoys and probably so. Uh, my, my takeaway is if you're just getting into it and you only got five decoys, you don't stop going out. Like, cause You'll we, I'll tell you what, hearing dad tell these stories uh, from when he was hunting, but then hearing him tell the stories of my first hunts and that, those were awesome times. There was nothing that I've, I, you say like it's more technical now or, or, you know, it's, it's a lot more, I don't know what the term is, but we take it more seriously. I, and it has just evolved like a hobby in golf. You constantly upgrade your golf clubs to get that yep. extra five yards on the drive or whatever. Right. So you're constantly upgrading and and, and evolving. But, you know, it, it, it you, then you take it to it's never as much fun as when you just started. And now That's I'm a, here yeah, all this yeah, and it, I'm going, on that. we had nothing. That first goose hunt of mine, we didn't even we just went. We had shells. We ran a Canadian Tire. Got shells, and then went to this field that the geese were already going into. Asked the farmer, he's like, yeah, you go ahead. Went and laid in there, no nothing, no burlap, no laying on our backs. And the geese flying over us, and we were dropping geese like deader than stones. And and having a blast. And having a hoot, and had had nothing, had no decoys. And I mean, we had them come and land you Know, I don't know, 120 yards in front of us because we didn't have decoys. So, the ones that flew over us, we nailed them. The ones that landed in front of us, I would I put a stock on. Dad's sitting there laughing at me like that. That was fun, and right? So, to me, there it's, it's just to go back to your roots like that. And if anybody's looking at starting out, I know the big facade is I got to pay for an outfitter who's got nah. the decoys, who's got the permission. And I say, bull crap, you just go out and ask and, and find them like going into a pond set up near the pond go find them going into a field, set up near the edge of the field, do whatever you got to do to get out and have, because even went one goose, when you're, when you're starting out is a blast and now we're spoiled right now. The spread's so big, the coffin blinds. And I, I look at it at sometimes and think, man, it's a lot of work. And yeah, when we do it now, it's almost taken some of the fun away. I mean, don't get me wrong when they're coming in and you've done the work and you're dropping them. It's, it's awesome. But it is a lot of work from back then when it was just like, like dad said, Are we going out tonight? No, you want to go out tonight? Yeah, let's go out yep. tonight. Like, how that, do you do that when you got really 150 is. decoys to put out? No, but that's, you that's ain't the stress and pressure you put on
1: yourself to have to put those out. I, to your point. Well, on social mean, media, right? I got, we, yeah, we've got a,
0: we're going hunting. I got to post pictures to show that redneck country knows what we're talking about. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, <laughs> I tell you that the, one of the best times I had in and we'll get to our time in won't to say too much, but it was the, the first time that I ever did it on my own. I got two, two or three, two geese. And that, that was so oh, rewarding. Dude, there's
0: nothing, nothing more proud of when you're out there by yourself, knock down your, your own goose. You did that all on your own.
1: Yeah. Right? Oh, from setting up the decoys, getting up early, getting whatever, all that stuff. And I didn't have much to start off with. And the old, old stories of sitting there, I'm going to try, to, you know, I, I told you about being doing less but being more present at it. It was kind of my, my, a focus for 2021 here, and, and and that goes right along the lines. I don't need to go and buy more, or, or I just need to go out and, and do it. Get in the field and, right. and and have some fun.
2: And you never know what might happen. And my most memorable hunt, like one of my most, I've never forgot it over all the years, I got one duck, and I wasn't even hunting ducks. I was in the woods hunting rabbits and grouse. And we came to the edge of the woods and came to the fence row. And I wasn't with Ron. I can't remember who I was with even, but it was, it wasn't Ron. And we, we, and I always carried that chuckle shaker thing in my coat. It was in my hunting coat. And so we came to the end of the fence and, and okay, where do you want to go from here? And I saw this duck flying across the field and I went, oh, there's a duck. And I just instinctively grabbed that chuckle call. I said, let's see if I can chuckle him. And I, grabbed it out of my coat, and I started to chuckle. He turned, (laughs) chuckled some more, (laughs) and the next thing I know, he set his wings, and he's he's coming right at me, and he's coming down low now. He's not going to land. He's still about 35 yards in the air, and he's flying pretty good, but he came right over us looking for that chuckle, and I dropped him. And the guy with me couldn't believe it. I went, oh, I love this chuckle. I mean, I just fell in love with that chuckle. (laughs) And I, uh, I got one duck, and the, to me that was that was a trophy. That was important. No pond, no field. It was ragweed. It was a woods, and he came over for a look and the chuckle, and I got a duck. It was
0: incredible, you know. You just never know what might happen.
1: I'm pumped up now with these, these stories. Yeah.
0: See back to our roots. I love this podcast. It might be a little selfish, but this is our, this is our therapy folks. (laughs) I hope everybody else liked it. And I got, we got so many more stories and like insane ones where I'm swimming in goose crap and you name it. (laughs) Like we go on. So I think we keep rolling with this. Uh, We do have some guests coming up because we're going to, we're going to transition a little bit into, uh, some bass fishing yep. and, and such, but I still think we, we come back to our roots often well, and, and keep I this going because so. this is how I, I learned a, listening to dad's stories. Just I like keep this. a
2: hunting log and I started one on in 2002 with Todd in it. I, I started a brand new log. That's how I know the dates and everything. And two years later, we still don't have, I think we had a half a dozen shells goose Yeah, shells. we
0: would just buy each other but a few two for years our birthdays, later, three shells for you, and back when magnum shells were like the and, hot thing, and, right? They were like 80 and, bucks, 70 and, bucks. Oh, yeah,
2: even though ducks were the main thing, two years later, I got it right in, I got every, every hunt logged in this log, we shot 46 ducks, t- or 46 geese that year, Todd and I. We shot a total of 46 geese that year, two two years after he started hunting.
0: With just six decoys, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And only hitting uh, weekends. Yeah
1: good podcast gentlemen
0: yeah appreciate it that was awesome i like it back to our roots that's it all right well next week should be just as much fun
1: absolutely looking forward to thanks guys and that'll do it for this week folks for the redneck country podcast i'm bill the almost guy
0: tom and I'm Todd, and thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at com. Again, that's podcast at the redneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week.